listening to this uh podcast yeah 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 yeah. anyway uh welcome to kill me now uh this is a very special episode of kill me now because uh i actually arrived here first on time both hennessy and my guest were a little bit late although my guest who i adore actually sent an email saying i'm just pulling into grand central and i will be there very shortly hennessy nothing nothing at all can what? I, even yeah. though they haven't met me yet, Hennessy was late because Hennessy was helping me find how to get into the building. Okay, we gotta go. Thank you for listening. Where's my bell? Thank you, everybody. Where's my bell? I, <clears throat> I don't have it today. Why? It, it, you, Look, can you explain I, to the listeners? No, There I we go. No. Today's guest on Kill Me Now is actually... A friend of of more than one, de- two decades, more than two decades. Um, someone I admire on uh, many levels. Uh, she's a mom. She's a wife. She's an incredible writer. I, I would say she's a, you never did stand up, did you? Very little. More of a satirist. Um, but one of the, you know, I hate Facebook. I hate Facecock. I, she's the only person <laughs> Whose posts I will read to the end. I'm not kidding. I can't. I can't take my fucking cat died and I, you know, it was you know, twelve years heaven rainbow fucking bridge bullshit. I can't listen to that. You know, <laughs> but but her th- posts are very thoughtful. She's an author, published author. She's an executive producer. Um, she makes very big stars funny. She's an all around incredible gal. Ladies and gentlemen, Casey St. Ange is here! Thank you for having me. Cassie, I call her Cassie because the way she spells her name, it's C-A-I-S-S-I-E because it's really annoying. Follow her on Twitter at Casey. C-A-I. You need... I'm putting you on voice probation very early. Okay. All right. Thank you. You got it. It's at Casey St. Ange, right? at Casey. Oh, that's what I meant. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so Casey and I have a long history. Um, Casey and I worked together at the Rosie O'Donnell Show. Oh, yeah. Um, And then again, at a weird job that I just said to Casey, we'll we'll talk about it in a little while. I said, remember that job we had? I have no memory of it. I have like the weirdest memories of going in, not knowing what to do, then helping with the editing and like not knowing what time to even be there, like it was it, the weird. It perfectly. Really? Yeah. Okay. That was the, that was and the we show. shared an office, and I had a lot of farting. Like I have a bad farting problem. A lot of candles. We had a lot of candles, yeah. <laughs> but we laughed, and Casey's like a helper too. Like if you don't know what the fuck's going on, she's always like she can figure shit out. But anyway, so Cassie Stange, as I call her, <laughs> was born in Massachusetts. Uh, what town were you born in? I was actually born 
on the West Coast. Oh, fuck me. Vandenberg yeah. Air Force Base. My mm-hmm. dad was in the service. Really? Mm-hmm. But my parents had met in Massachusetts in the town that I grew up in. I went to the same college that my parents met at Fitchburg State College. Oh, right. So, but yeah. did, where'd you grow up? Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Oh, it is Fitchburg. Yeah. So you were. So did your father travel when you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, I have like a memory kind of of meeting him. Like I like I was born, and I guess he was there for my birth, but then he right. was like restationed in Thailand, I believe. So I have a memory of picking him up at the airport and being like, "How that. old were you? Two or three? Maybe? Wow, that's good yeah. that you had that memory. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have FaceTime then yeah, or Skype. So, you yeah, you know, exactly. no fucking idea. So I'd only seen like a Letters. photograph and. Yeah, he was he was not bearded like he was in the photographs. So right. I remember being like, "What?" And um, he brought me like peanuts and a little stuffed dog. That's oh, that's nice. Yeah. Wait, do you have any siblings? No. Yeah, because th- how's your mother gonna have a sibling when? Exactly. I mean, how's your mother gonna have a kid exactly. when he's in Thailand, unless she has it with the milkman? <laughs> so um, I could have siblings in Thailand. Yeah, that's true. Did you? Oh, you should do DNA like Twenty uh, Three and Me. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, we have a little a little family experience with. You do? Yeah. What? We had Eli, my older son. We gave it to him for right. a gift because he always um likes a thing like that. So he right. did it, and um he was connected with like uh somebody who would be a first cousin to me. Right. And I wasn't super. I wasn't familiar with right. the name or whatever. So, of course, I started combing that guy's profile and then that like spilled over into stalking his Facebook profile. Right. And the information that we found out and like this is like a lot of back of the napkin like algebra is that I believe that this guy um, was the grandson of who my dad's real dad was because it was kind of like a half a family secret. It's a secret that everybody knows, but nobody really says. Oh, that's very Jewish. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> that my dad was adopted by his dad, and so all his siblings knew, and I think they've all told me at different points. Anywho, so, um, yeah, so we did 23andMe, and through my son's DNA, found this guy that was, like, a direct link to um, my dad's real dad, and um, my dad, who has passed away, has, like, five living half siblings so anyway i was so excited and sent a message had my son send a message to this guy that i like leaned over my son's shoulder and told him what to say blah 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 and i was very excited and he didn't respond but also like they all took down all their social media oh fuck them i hate them I was like, I'm not, I don't want any organs or money i just want to say hey And and they don't even know how cool you are what are you going to do? I mean, listen. Like, if I, they knew who you were, they would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Fuck them. Maybe, maybe. I mean, listen, if someone, like, knocked on my door and was like, hey, I'm your... But you didn't knock on their door. No, I didn't. I didn't. I do get... I did it. And I get a lot of requests. Oh, I bet. And, like, because they're... But there's one person who shares a lot of DNA with me who's anonymous. And I, like, really want to know who the fuck it is. How do you even stand it? I'm just like, I can't get a hold. You know, it's like, no, this person's anonymous. Damn. If you're it's listening. not a lot. It's like, you know, 4% or so. It's, okay. it's, a, it's a good, it's a definitely so like a probably, first cousin yeah. or yeah. second. Yeah. You just want to know. Yeah. That's it. That's a, I would have even respected if these people wrote back and were like, hey, we're glad you exist. We don't ever want to know you. But 
take it easy. Right. You know, something like that. But also I can understand that, you know, sometimes people will like crawl out a bathroom window on a date. You know, you know, so. fuck them. So, um, mm. you, I've always, what's the, like the experience of an only child? I mean, I have a lot of friends with only children because yes. I'm a lesbo. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you knew that. Are you comfortable Are you? with that? Yeah. No, no. I'm... So, all right. So, um, I'll get used to it. <laughs> we tolerate it. <laughs> so, um, you are growing, a, you had a house, I'm assuming, or do you apartment? Yeah, or? we lived in a house. All right. Yeah. And you're in like a farm town, kind yes. of. Okay, and it's you and your parents. Did your father not travel then? No, yeah, my parents both worked. Oh, it's Henry. So We always Henry. take calls from Henry. Okay. Not Ben, though. Henry, you're on the uh, air. Yeah, you're on the air. All right. Do you know how many are on the books for tonight? Because I want to make money too. So if there's not a lot, I'm going to get a lot. Henry, you're annoying. Okay. Casey's here. Casey, say nodge. Say hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. She knew you when you were like a little baby boy. Little baby Henry. And then this, and then Hennessy, who's really annoying. What's up, Bebo? What's up? Yeah, there's going to be people. You're annoying. Okay. I'm going to text them to confirm that. Okay, that you're annoying? There's two shows. You better be there. And the the other thing is, did you finish your homework last night? Me? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what happened. So once you click on one, if you're taking the test online for the thing, once you click on it, you can't exit out. You have to take it right then or else that's your one attempt, even though you didn't touch it, right? Yeah. So I did that for that for that test, and it locked me out of it, so I couldn't even take it. Uh-huh. And I didn't know that because it's the second week in the class. Uh-huh. But I finished all my other work. Like I had like three more questions to go by twelve, and that's when the other thing was due. So it's a good thing because now I'm gonna email the teacher and tell him that that's what happened. I didn't even touch the quiz, and don't give me a zero. Okay, please complete it today. But I wouldn't have been able to do it yesterday. Yeah, he should give it to you because that's yeah. not fair. All right, that's yeah. great, Hen. Um, I'm recording. Uh, well, you asked me. I don't care. No, right, that's bye. not nice. I said that was good. I'm interested. No, you said I'm recording. Oh, I know, but I'm saying I'm recording now. All right, love you. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> so All right. big. I know, we always... He's taking... Uh, he's supposed to have graduated college, but he has one more semester and he has to take two classes this summer. And the reason he was asking how many people are going to be at my show tonight is because I'm recording an album this evening and he works as a waiter at the comedy club and he wants to make fucking money. But it's all about him. Okay, so... What um, time is it? Seven and nine. I want to go. All right, you can come. All right. You can come. I'll be at work. Oh, yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. All right, so Cassie, so you're living in a in a house and a farm. Your father's not traveling. No, yeah, they were both like working locally. My oh. mom was a teacher, and my uh-huh. dad worked in a Ford parts factory. Okay, and what is it like to be an only child? Like I, like it's you go home and it's just you and your parents. Yes. What is that like? No sibling rivalry. No. And how bad is it when one of your parents dies? 
<laughs> um, oh, we also lived with my grandmother. Oh, all right. So she was kind of like a nanny, a nana who was a nanny. Right. Whose mother um, was that? That was my mom's mother. Did you love her? Um, she was tough. She was a tough lady. Um, I did love her. Right. Um, and you know, as an adult, I realized everyone's lives were so fucked up. Right. That's why they were tough people. Right. Um, so yeah, she had a lot of bad things I feel like happened to her in her life. So sometimes she could be really tough and like um, tough. How? Like, you know, very quick to snap at you. Uh Very, very harsh, deep, harsh criticism. Oh, Um, wait, that's a (laughs) Jew bell. Go ahead. But also, um, she was an artist, and so she really loved that I loved art. So she really paid a lot of special attention to that kind of thing. And what like, kind of artist was she? Um, she was a beautiful painter, and uh, she was just any type of like handicraft. Like she was very good at leather tooling and all. Wow, of that's things. cool. Yeah, yeah, she's just really creative. She could do anything. Yeah, and um, so were, was it? Were so there being, drugs and alcohol in the house? Uh, yeah, yeah. My dad uh, struggled with that kind of stuff, uh-huh. I think, throughout my life, throughout his life. Right. Um, yeah, so a lot of that, and that brought a lot of tension into the house. My what? Parents, yeah, yeah. It wasn't as, as good as... Right. As, as fun as they Do you they think it, it would have been easier if you had, like, a sibling to say, hey, dad's a drunk, or he's acting like a fucking asshole, and grandma's a bitch? And... Yeah, for sure, because especially, like, when my parents were divorcing, it was just me, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Um, That's so, horrible. Yeah. That's hard. I have a friend who's only child of divorced, and yeah. then you create triangles. Yes, yeah. So it's a lot of... And just no one to commiserate over, right. you know? And also, again, like, a lot of... with. Everyone, a lot of misplaced tension, and right. it always goes to the person that's there. Right. So, had I had a sibling, I could have gotten like maybe half the time off. Right. From, like right. the tense moments or, or whatever. So, but, how old were you when they divorced? Um, I think about 10, 10 years old. Ooh, that's shit. Oh, that's boy. not good. Yeah. But did you have a, you know, in my, my generation, divorce was like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, was it m- more common? Yeah, I mean, I think it was super common. Um, I it this sort of all ties in together. I'll try to say it quickly. Um, there's this like uh, this writer who I really admire, this guy Torre, and he's a huge Prince fan. I'm a huge Prince fan. Yes, you are. And he talks about um, 1984 being this uh, really amazing artistic year in America, where artists were doing just so much more and you know people wonder what to chalk that up to and I think you know obviously George Orwell's book 1984 gave everyone like sort of like a ticking clock to do you know subconsciously to do the things they wanted to do but also Torre um in this book that he wrote about Prince really talks about how we were all kind of children of divorce and latchkey kids. Right. And, and uh, you know, so that we were paying so much more attention to pop culture because pop culture was raising us in, in a way that it hadn't been in the past. And it ties into my life personally because I really, my dad was the kind of dad to constantly blow it on visitation. And so when Purple Rain came out, the movie right. Purple Rain. Right. 
when it was at the theater was one of the times when he did not fail to pick me up. He actually made it. And when that happened, it was great because you knew that because of all the like guilt from the other missed right. visits, he was going to let us do whatever. He was going right. to take whatever money he had in his pocket and, and let us do whatever. And I said, I want to go see this movie, Purple Rain, which I was not old enough right. to see. And probably maybe my mom wouldn't have taken me. I guess right. maybe that's why I hadn't gone yet. And my dad was like, absolutely, let's go. And, uh, you know, I I had no idea how much I would want to like unzip my skin right. and and <laughs> sitting next to my father right, and right. like get the fuck out of there. Right. But um for the most part, like I loved it, loved it, loved it. And um my dad was a huge rock and roll fan and I really was curious how he would react. Um he was a huge Beatles fan. Yeah, me and too. So uh so then at the end of the movie, like that last freeze frame that's so iconic that people think of when they when they think of the end of that movie, my dad just turned to me and said, wow, this kid is really talented. Thanks for introducing me to him. And I was like, I felt so cool right, and like right, validated right. that right. Like, the thing that I thought was cool, my dad was like, he didn't say anything about him being creepy or right. wearing makeup or right. you know, dressing in a feminine way right. or like any of the sex stuff that was so cool but so awkward to watch with your parent. He would just was like, this guy's like super talented. Like, So Prince call. is like cool. a major positive force in your life. Yeah, I mean, since I was like seven, I think the first yeah. time I ever saw him on American Bandstand, I was yeah. like, that guy is like saving my life. Yeah, we mm. had, I had like, we had Prince and Bowie and, you know, yes. especially the gays, you know, yes. and we were so closeted, but that people were expressing themselves, yeah. you know, yeah, um, in this way. So, so he would miss visitations. That fucking sucks. It's like he kind of he was okay. So when he was not no longer working at the um, at the car parts factory, he became an EMT and uh, an ambulance driver in town, and that's like an. Like that's sort of like an on-call right. job where you have to go when when there's a call. Right. But I also think like if you're stepping out on your family, if you have a drug problem, if you have a drinking problem, if you're not necessarily grown up, right. A couple of things happen. It becomes really easy to like stretch a call out into like a social right. call after you know after you brought a grandma to the to the emergency room but also it just becomes really super easy to lie and right. it's not verifiable to right. like you know so i think that Well now like, it is but then now, it was Now yes yeah. yes yeah that's what i miss i miss not being able to lie Yeah it's, and have it's another family and i know but, but do you, you do a good job have at it. thank family. you so much <laughs> you're such an asshole do you think like <laughs> fuck you do you think his his <laughs> irresponsibility has Help, you know, helped you be a better parent? I mean, I think that, yeah, I think so. I don't know if my kids understand um, that, like, they're not really, and it wasn't just my dad. Let's not right. just blame my dad. There was a whole lot of nuttiness in my right. whole family from every corner. Um, so I think that... My kids might not realize how many things I've sort of like made a judgment call and like cut out of their lives. Right. Like we're just not going to have this kind of craziness. Right. Like it's going to be minimum contact with right. this kind of person. And and uh, you know, is that why you haven't called me in a few? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, because you're busy. Uh huh. Yeah. You're always busy. Um. Yeah. So stuff like that. I think you know, and like just making sure that they feel like they can be honest. And I don't 
harbor any illusions that they are constantly honest because right. all kids are like liars. Full of shit, yeah. Yeah. But um but just that they can be honest when they really need to be and right. that if they get in trouble, I'm there, you know, I'm on their team. Right. Basically. You know I love my liquid IV. That I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! I mean, I feel like you used all this negativity in a positive way. I hope so. Don't you think? I hope so. I think you're one of the people I think of who can really take care of herself. Yeah. You know, because some people go the complete opposite way where they're like, they have no life skills. Yeah. But I think you have like, you're a survivor. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm really lucky because I, um, you know, I've been married for a really long time and my husband is like, he's so cute and he really is like a true partner. Right. It's so funny to me. It was always funny to me when the kids were little and he was just so much, so involved, so hands on and other, other moms would just be like, like, how do you, how, how do I I get that? You know, I I want that. (laughs) It's like all the moms that are like, Jeannie, I'm a lesbian. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) Okay, you just hate your fucking husband. You're yeah, not a lesbian. Exactly, exactly. So just a lot of that, and I've been super, super lucky that he was way more involved than most dads. Right, and and he's such a nice guy. Such a nice guy and supporty. 
so supporty, so talented. Yeah. He's amazing. He's a writer. He's really good. Um, okay. Were you popular in high school? Um, I was... Like, who'd you hang out with? I mean, I guess, kind of. I sort of hung out with everybody. I was involved in theater. Mm -hmm. I was a cheerleader. Okay, bye. (laughs) 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 But it was was a small school, so... How many kids in your class? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. Somebody correct me (coughs) if I'm wrong, but I feel like maybe, like, maybe... Two to three hundred. Oh, all right. That's yeah. like me too. Yeah, pretty small school, and um, everybody kind of did everything, you know. So, like the class president. Like, was there bullying? Would... You know what? They're not as badly as I feel like there. Wow, is now. not as badly. I feel like there was. Um, I don't know if it was like a statewide initiative or like a school sponsored initiative um, when I went to Fitchburg High School, but everybody had these t-shirts that said ppp that stood for positive peer pressure and uh it kind of worked it was weird that's unbelievable because <laughs> i got worked. called bigfoot and sasquatch every fucking day i bet you did i bet you did and um, it was horrible here's the thing i bet some people were being really horribly abused but for the most part but you wasn't. weren't an abuser and you weren't aware of like no no like because i still ha- i have people who will come to my shows who i went to high school with which i blocked out a yeah. bunch you know, the ones I haven't blocked out are the ones that call me Bigfoot and Sasquatch yeah, every day. Yeah, of course. But other people saying, you know, uh, you you know, because I have a joke about it now in yeah. my act. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, I, was, I told her, you know, some woman said, you know, my husband told me on the way to the gig, it was in Florida, how, you know, you used to get picked on all the time in high school. And then you did that joke and it was like exactly what he had said to me. Ugh. And it made me want to throw up. Every time I still hear Bigfoot and Sasquatch. It still stings. Like, even if it's someone's like, oh, they saw a Sasquatch. And then I'm like, it's like, I can't, I didn't, yeah, I can't, I can't. It's just horrible. Yeah, it's, I I mean, and I'm sure you start to, like, relive the worst moment of, you know. the humiliate. That's why I do what I do. Has anyone said I'm sorry ever? Um, Someone came to one of my shows and asked me if they were mean to me. And I said, you weren't. All your friends were. And you ignored me. She said, I'm sorry if I said, you know. But that's it. That's kind of, yeah. I mean, I I often wonder how much a sorry, how far a sorry would go now. Right. It's just, uh, and then sometimes I feel when you talk, bullies act like they, oh, I don't remember that. It's like, fuck you. Right. You know? Right. That's even more insulting. Yeah. You know? P.S. I'm telling you right now. So right. you don't even need to remember. Right. I'm like reminding you. Right. But also, the, but there's I a lot wonder of how much they must fucking bully people. Like they're like, I had so much bullying on my agenda, I can barely. It's like all blur. I blur, right? I and then now, thank God, I could go in my house, you know. But now it's all over the internet. That's why kids are so fucked up. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's weird. I noticed that. Um, there was a thing in my son's high school that was like some kind of messaging app. I don't want to name the app because I don't want to erroneously accuse. But it was like some kind of where like kids could within their own area, like say like the school area, they could anonymously send a whole message to everyone that followed. Or right, 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 right. And then everybody would just it's like a graffiti wall, right. basically. And like, um, yeah, it was it was really weird, and of course there was like a national news story about how it had like taken my kid's school over, and I think one of the girls wrote uh, an article for the New Yorker or whatever. But so I asked my kids like, "Oh, have you um, 
have you like has anyone said anything mean about you on this app and my younger son was like no nobody has said anything about me and my older son was kind of like yeah people have said a couple things that I was like really a girl and that some other <laughs> thing and I was like were you upset and he was like I don't care yeah see that's that's the thing they so it's if, weird it's, it's, where like that might have upset me I don't know to have someone say right. that I was like peed my pants or something right, still right. they're like okay you know yeah I love that like uh, that they don't give a shit yeah but I had it like every fucking minute I was like oh god here we go like the minute I walked into the door I couldn't be late to a class because they'd fucking yell Bigfoot right you know it was just right. fuck it. it's like oh my god get a new act well that's also very personal you're a tall person right and so that's like a you know making like a general anything that that makes you stand out you'll get made fun of yeah. right but it was it was beyond yeah com dot edu yeah. it was like it's shut the fuck up already i, was... I had the luxury of being average so yeah. they're you know, there you go yeah okay so um you go to fitchburg State College. Now, mm -hmm. did were there other colleges you wanted to go to? Oh my gosh, I wanted to go to any other college <laughs> beside the college where my parents met. Okay, well, <laughs> I of course wanted to go to Emerson, and my parents yes. wouldn't let me, and because I had to go to Rutgers because it was two thousand dollars a semester. My brother went there, my sister went there, my father went there. Yeah, but so yeah, so you went to Fitchburg State. Did you live at home? Yes. Oh my God, Cassie. No, that's not even <laughs> the end of the story. Okay. I went to the college where my parents met in my hometown where I lived at home and guess who one of my fellow students was at the time who my mom okay I gotta vomit no way she, she went back to college returned to get her master's degree in in like social work oh god so you're both like <laughs> mom let's go to school I have a class Wait, did you I go mean, together you like didn't spitballs at each could other you have like could you have a social life with her on the fucking campus i didn't i worked full-time evening what'd you work um, what, doing in what? a nursing home doing like the the <gasps> night shift in a nursing home oh my home. god that i love you my mother was in a nursing home and I, they fucking killed her yeah go ahead <laughs> i often worried that i did kill regency people, in Somerset. never yeah yeah um so so I, <laughs> I just i hate them regency do not put your mother or father or anyone you love at regency nursing home in somerset new jersey bye now <laughs> okay go ahead um yeah so I, we were sort happy of happy like, fathers <laughs> yeah we were sort of roommates at that point you know we're living in the same house but, right um but yeah just like ships passing the night and i would run into her sometimes on campus oh uh, what'd you say like just would really, you be with your friends like hi ma'am high five mom yeah. i remember running into her in the library and i was like hanging out with some guy from one of my classes but right. I also told her that I had started dating a guy so I remember right. being like oh god oh my god but it wasn't my boyfriend but you know cut yeah. to yeah that's what but happens. did every but everyone was probably like oh my god that's so cool Cassie <laughs> people yeah, I mean they called yeah, you Casey yeah. but yeah people always think something like that is cool yeah until you think about it for right. two minutes and you're like not that cool but to my mom's credit she really didn't like I mean, besides picking the same college, which right. was very convenient because right. that's where we lived. Um, and I probably should have gone to a farther away college. Right. Um, but it, this was probably very inexpensive. It was super inexpensive. I could live at home. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was putting myself through school. So so 20 years old. You're in college. Mm -hmm. You're dating Matt. Yes. Debenham, who Matt's is Debenham. your current husband. Current husband. Future ex-husband. <laughs> no, Judy. Fingers crossed. 
<laughs> and you're taking a class. Yes. What was the name of the class? Oh, we met. Um, we met actually. Uh, just like your parents? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, oh my yes, god. Oh my Good god. one, Hennessy. I'm gonna I give you that one. You yeah. That ding. Yeah, go ahead. You get a point for that? Nice. This is the Jew Bell, but we're just using it for whatever we want because Hennessy didn't bring a bell. All right, go ahead. We were There's both... no Jews in the story yet. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Did you have any Jewish friends in, in high school? One Jewish friend in high school. What was his what was her, her, is that her name? His name was Adam. Did you go to his bar mitzvah? No, we met in high school post. Oh, okay. But his parents owned a jewelry store. Okay. <laughs> uh, a jewelry store? <laughs> and, and then at Fitchburg, uh, did one you? One Jewish friend. At Fitchburg? Yes. What's name? Zimra Panitz. She lives in New York City. She's a librarian, like a, like a fancy librarian. Wow. My sister wants to be a librarian. Go ahead. Um, there you go. So uh, we were both auditioning for the school radio station to be like radio hosts. And we right. were made. So we met through that process. And then we were made co-hosts on a show, which um, was a weird situation. Well, but that's wait. How we so met. did you were you attracted to him immediately? I was sort of like engaged to my high school boyfriend. Who Ew, that is so Fitchburg I mass. Know, I know. Yeah. It's so like gun rack. Yeah. <laughs> guns in the gun rack yeah. on his truck. Yeah, got it. But beyond that, like all the all the personality traits that you would expect to go along with that, like very controlling, right. like kind of abusive guy. And um, so I met Matt and we were like getting along fine, like a little right. rivalry, both trying to be the host of this radio show, which he was much better suited for. And I was much better as like an assistant um, but then he just kind of said, like, listen, I like you. I'd love to take you out. Right. I can't guarantee that we would go out more than one time because maybe we won't like each other. But I think either way, you'd be better off. <laughs> That's how we the first date. <laughs> <laughs> that was just pick a plug. Oh, my God. And so and like, were you like, oh, that's really a great proposal. <laughs> But it was it was nice to have some like all the gaslighting, all that stuff. Right, 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 right. Validate being like based on what i've heard he's not a very good guy right so like you know either way like even if you wind up going to the movies with me one right. time and dying alone after right. you'd be better off um which was true where was he where is he from he is from spencer massachusetts which is like an hour away now oh, worcester right. i'm sure you prefer oh yeah worcester 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 hey everyone you know one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. 
and they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. You're 20 years old and you're taking class and you need to get an internship. Yes. And you get an internship at L- the Late Show with David, Le- Late Night with David Letterman. Yes. How did that come about? Because you know that is a coveted, coveted, coveted internship. Yeah. I mean, Matt was already in New York. He was working at Comedy Central. And so I knew I wanted to. <laughs> I knew I wanted to come. Who's headed by a Jew? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I knew I wanted to come to New York so that we could be together. So I. So applied. he was old. He's older than you. Yeah, he's a couple years older. than Okay. I am. Did um, what was he doing at Comedy Central? He was in the publicity department. Okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> where he worked with uh our friend Renee Koblenz from Rosie. Mm-hmm. The, so Jew. All connected. All connected. And her grandmother was also in the nursing home with my mother. <gasps> the world is so small. And Rosie um, is a wonderful. And her mother Jew. and her mother was her grandmother was the most positive, amazing woman. And was really good to my mother, but she died before my mother did. Okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, so Matt was doing publicity. She was a hundred. Comedy Central. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so and his boss had already I had already Had he mentioned me since he was working at Comedy Central? <laughs> he probably mentioned you yeah, a lot like, now that I'm thinking. Oh god, about it. I love that Judy Gold. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure right. he watched I'm tapes kidding. of you. Um so yeah, so I had already met his boss through him, and she had said, oh, I'll give you an internship here right. if you don't get any other internship. So I just applied everywhere in New York um, and happened to get a call from Late Show and get called in. Well, it was it was late night at the time. So to get called in for um, an interview, I think really before anyone else even called me back. So they and this they was the around. this wasn't, just so you know, because Letterman has had many shows this was the 11.30 show on yes. NBC, yeah. not the 12.30 show on 12.35 show. Yes, this is exactly, well, just to put it in time and space, um, I got the internship after like a really weird day of interviews, <laughs> and I got the internship thinking I wasn't going to get it at all for a few reasons. And the one, one is the stick shift. Yeah, I couldn't, the one thing, first of all, I interviewed with the writers for like an hour. Like, that's what I wanted to be, the writer's right. intern. And then the internship director came and found me, and she was like, why are you so 
sitting here talking to these guys? And I was like, because I want to be their intern. She was like, they already picked their interns like two weeks ago. Oh, fuck and them. I was like, they're just socializing. And she was like, oh. So okay, I, who, who was the uh, <laughs> who was the intern head? Um, Susan Schreier. Go there ahead. There you go. So, um, I'm just assuming. Go ahead. Yeah. I think it's a safe yeah. assumption. So um, then she was like, well, let me try to bring you around to other departments. And then so a lot of departments already had their interns. And I was like, oh, gosh, I made this trip probably for nothing. And then she was like, well, the uh, Dave's office needs an intern. So um, so I went and met with Dave's executive assistant, Lori Diamond. Then Dave came out and to meet me and say hello. And he just said, can you drive a stick shift? And I said, no, I can't drive a stick shift. Right. And he was like, that's really the only thing that my intern absolutely has to know how to do so it's been nice meeting you whatever, right blah 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 so I and went, why did why did you have to drive a stick shift yeah because he, dave he had like it pull his car up to right. the office and go straight up in the elevator and then you would take his car and put gas in it and then bring it back to the garage right and park that's it so him. that's important to do in show business yeah it's like a valet yeah, yeah. like a new york like you need that valet you know that should you should get college credit for putting gas in someone's car. For yeah. sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, so anyway, I just expected never to hear back. and uh, But then they called me back and offered me the internship in Dave's office, and which I thought was weird because I couldn't do the one thing that he said you needed to do. Right. So I came. But you had talked to him. You you met him. Yeah, I had talked to him, said hello, and, and uh, that was cool to have Were you in him. there by yourself? Because that won't <laughs> happen anymore. No, yeah, I was not in there by myself, but also... Yeah. Okay. I, I was with him many times myself. Right. And I always safe. Right. Um. But yeah. So eventually, I got up the courage to be like, "Hey, by the way, thanks for picking me. I don't know why you guys picked me. I can't do the one thing." And he was like, "Listen, you went to a weird state school like I did. Your name is weird." Uh, <laughs> he was like, "I he just, felt for you." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he was like, "I think I saw your like resume was like getting put in the." turn down pile and I was just like she's gonna need a little help so oh I love him yeah, yeah. so and then he said you even know, though he never had me on the show I'm sorry about but that, that I just think I'm not his type of comic maybe you know because I'm more like hey how's everyone doing you know yeah yeah and he liked like Margaret Smith brilliant you know yeah, yeah. Wendy Liebman you know yeah he's a he's a creature of habit for sure right but so. I just yeah it's okay yeah. I did the tonight show with Jay Leno Move your foot, please. So, God damn it, I have longer legs than you. Go. So, yeah, so, um, oh, jeez. Ow, what the fuck? <laughs> that was karma. Hold on, please. Hold on, the Something fucking. very bad has happened. Just fucking, a sound thing just fell off the wall. I said, Hennessy, move your foot. And I was a little cunty about it. And then God. And then all of a sudden, you know, those soundboard <laughs> things that they put on the wall? Fell off and I'm hit my fucking big barrette I have on the side of my on the back of my head. Oh no! <laughs> all right, Are you okay, buddy? <laughs> okay, I'm all right. Thanks. All okay. right. Yeah. So that's it, pretty much. So that's... you get this job. Yeah. And um, okay. So here you are. You're a young woman in this fucking. Shut up! That's that's Judy's phone, by the way. Look, can I just? I can't turn it off. Um, just turn the volume off. Uh, no, because then I don't get the bell. Um. Let me just tell Ainsley. I'll put you down for four. Don't worry about it. Okay? Stop. She's a fucking... Do she must have a patient soon. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. 
You know what's interesting? This is a kill me now moment. That I am a performer, and you probably get this all the time, where I, you know, I invite people to shows or I tell them where I'm performing, and then they're like, how do I get tickets? And do I have to go online and get, it's like, how do you get tickets for all the other fucking shows that you don't know the performer? May I, I have a. Uh, and that whole fucking, like, wait, just one second. Yeah. And that, like, sort of manipulative, I really want to comp, I really want to comp, you know what I mean? Do yes, I have to pay? Yes. How much? Of- yes! Yes. Okay, yes. sorry, go ahead. That's what I was going to say. That's what it is. That they all try to get comps. And it's like, you know what? Just I, ask. If, you, if, yeah. I, if you're a fucking doctor, right? And you I can. go to your office, and no matter how fucking close I am to you, you're not getting a free fucking doctor's visit. <gasps> right. Okay, I've, I, uh, just ask. If anything, I don't one friend who beat around the bush. is a performer, <laughs> and I super appreciate that he will always say, do you want tickets to this? Like, he'll say, right. I'm going to be in town doing this show do you want tickets like right off the bat and no pressure to go if but if you want tickets great but if he doesn't but i know him and so i know if he doesn't say do you want tickets to this then a lot of people don't understand that when you work at a venue oftentimes they don't allow free tickets at all so if someone asks for a free ticket the performer is actually paying for the ticket so like i can't tell you how many agents and publicist you know people in the business who my my agents have been like they want to come and you can't you got they have then you they take that out of your fucking yep. right salary so okay. if the, I offer comps like tonight I'm this is will air in two weeks but tonight I'm recording an album you know right. and I wrote if you need a comp because you're fucking poor I'll give you a comp right you know but thank, no one thank ma- you no one makes money and the venue you know they don't allow it and if even. Like when you're in a Broadway show, you do not get any fucking comps. Right. That's true. Right. All right. Anyway, comps. Go ahead. Okay. So, so yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So I have this job. And... But so you're young and you're a woman. And, you know, look, I remember um, working and there's a bit of imposter like paranoia. Like, am I worthy? Imposter uh, syndrome? Yeah, imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, like, oh my, because you're 20 year old, you know. Especially you're coming to right. New York City and like some of these kids come from oh, amazing yeah. families. Like Lena Dunham and, and yeah. Yeah, you know, so like, uh, you know, I remember like I knew this girl who was like the heiress to like an ice cream fortune. Right, right, and a right. Bagel fortune right. And you know and they're all doing amazing things too. They're all really smart, but I went to this small Right, school. but they had a head start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was basically like feral. So in right. a lot of ways I think it was great. It was an advantage for me because I knew how to work really hard. I just come from like changing people's diapers. You know, to put right. myself through changing like adult right. diapers to put myself through college. So I'm no stranger to hard work, no stranger to doing things that probably other people wouldn't find super fun. Right. Um, but also, like, there was just so much that I didn't know. Like one thing people always ask me, like, what's something interesting about Dave? And I'm like, it's not really interesting about Dave. It's more about me. He, for whatever people want to say about him, he had manners. He's very old school about having manners and being, right. and being gracious. Right. And 
He loved his mother. Exactly. I had no manners, really, I guess, because right. we, I just didn't grow up in, right. like, in that time. And, and again, you know, sort of like divorced single mom. Right. Um, so there were so many things that I thought were like weird, quirky behaviors that he had that like come to find out are just like manners that people right. do. And right. I was like, why is he so weird? Right. But so like, one of them was, and it's something I still do. Is write letters. Yes. So yes. I, I actually just wrote a thank you note. I have stationery. I write letters too. But I grew up like that. Yeah. Um, and I there's some and everyone makes fun of me. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people when I write them a letter, or call me to thank me for handwriting a letter. Of course. Because there's something about. You know, going in your mailbox and someone taking the time to... Like, I hate that. I hate invitations that are on the fucking email. Yes. Um, and fuck the... There's not enough paper. Right. Okay? There's enough paper for you to write someone a fucking letter. Okay. So you used to... One of your duties, D-O-O-D-I-E-S, duties... Duties. Was <sighs> to write... Because he would write to... Um, Everybody. And he would say, please come on. He would invite them to be on the show or thank them for being on the show. Yeah, or thanks for anything. Right. Anyone. So you would, I read this, that you would create these letters and you had to be funny. Mm -hmm. And he would fix them. And that is how you learned how to write a joke. Yeah, yeah. When I first started doing the letters, um, which would be really a lot, like a big stack of letters every day, I had to get completed and go through that editing. What time would you get the letters? Oh my gosh. I'd be working on it all day and then bring right. them into him at the end of the night when he had like little else to distract him. So that but he could at the, if them. he had a shitty show or felt he had a shitty show, was it a shitty letter writing um, I guess evening. sometimes I yeah. think when the show when he felt the show went badly yeah. it would affect everything right right you of know, course just like even food doesn't taste good right right that, you know so um, I can imagine so yeah we all know how that feels so like maybe it'd be like this is not a good time like, right. like if we can put it off till tomorrow or right. whatever but it really was good like he he really would get out a red pen and make corrections and really like there. I don't know if they even offer an MFA program in comedy anywhere, but this was like an MFA program. Right. Like just this guy who's like a legend and one of the best at what he did and especially super popular at the time, just taking the time to tell me, okay, I see what you're trying to do here, but you're telegraphing what your punchline's going to be. So it's more effective if you don't, Right, you, you don't know, give it yeah, up in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. and this is Very what you important. did here. It's the rule of three. Right. It always works better yes. than two examples. and. Just everything, everything, everything I know about how to write a joke is from those years. Any examples you remember? <laughs> there was one really, there was one really bad one that um, they, I've told this story before and I don't want to incriminate anyone that doesn't want to be incriminated. Um, Oscar nominations were coming out and the talent department had asked him to write letters to um, to people, inviting them to be on the show, uh, people that we thought were going to be nominated for Oscars. And uh, we were going through the list and, you know, banging out these letters. And I said, OK, we need to do one for Nicolas Cage. And he said, you know, what? I don't want to. I've asked that guy a million times. He's like never wants to come on the show. And it just if. It feels bad. I don't want to press right. I don't want to feel bad having any kind of feelings with you. Cassie Stange will be back next week for part two on Kill Me Now. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. 
Thank you for the visit. Hello.